Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Hope you'll visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. To find out more, visit lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. We'll visit with Boo Mortensen. find out what's new with Boo. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. And Linda Harden, my wife, will be with us as well. She writes Greetings from Paradise and by acclamation she's like got a lot of requests let's have her on the show so she's gonna be on the show today as well it is november the 24th and on this day in 1963 at 12 20 p.m in the basement of the dallas police station lee harvey oswald the alleged assassin of president john f kennedy was shot to death by jack ruby a dallas nightclub owner on november the 22nd of course president kennedy was fatally shot we all remember that fatal shot and where we were at the time if we were alive while riding in an open-car motorcade through the streets of downtown Dallas, less than an hour after the shooting, Lee Harvey Oswald killed a policeman who questioned him on the street. Thirty minutes after that, he was arrested in a movie theater by police. Oswald was formally arraigned on November the 23rd for the murders of President Kennedy and Officer D.J.D. Tippett. On the 24th, Oswald was brought to the basement of the Dallas Police Headquarters on his way to a more secure county uh, jail. A crowd of police and press were with live television cameras. Who could forget that? Rolling gathered to witness his departure. As Walzo came into the room, Jack Ruby emerged from the crowd and fatally wounded him with a single shot from a concealed 38 revolver. Ruby, who was immediately detained, claimed the rage at Kennedy's murder was the motive for his action. Some called him a hero, but others, he was nonetheless charged with first-degree murder. Ruby, originally known as Jacob Rubenstein, operated strip joints and dance halls in Dallas and had minor connections to organized crime. He also had a relationship with a number of Dallas policemen, which amounted to various favors in exchange for leniency in their monitoring of his establishments. He featured prominently in Kennedy assassination theories, and many believe he killed Oswald to keep from revealing a larger conspiracy. In his trial, Ruby denied the allegation and pleaded innocent on the grounds that he was Great grief over Kennedy's murder and caused him to suffer psychomotor epilepsy, whatever that is, and shot Oswald unconsciously. The jury found him guilty anyhow of the murder with malice of Oswald and sentenced him to die. In October 1966, the Texas Court of Appeals reversed the decision on the grounds of improper admission of testimony and the fact that Ruby could not have received a fair trial in Dallas at the time. In January 1967, while awaiting a new trial to be held in Wichita Falls, Ruby died of lung cancer in a Dallas hospital. The official Warren Commission report of 1964 concluded that neither Oswald nor Ruby were part of a larger conspiracy, either domestic or international, to assassinate President Kennedy. Despite its seemingly firm conclusions, the report failed to silence conspiracy theorists throughout uh, surrounding the event. And in 1978, the House Select Committee of Assassinations concluded in Preliminary report that Kennedy was probably assassinated as a result of a conspiracy that may have involved multiple shooters and organized crime. The committee's findings, as with those of the Warren Commission, continue to be disputed. On this day in 1963, never forget it, 
And, of course, I was born on this day in 1945. Big day for me as well. Well, the Florida Department of Health reported 83 new cases of COVID-19 and no additional deaths in Collier County on Monday. Collier's moving seven-day average for new cases is 124. That's way up, 51% higher than on November the 1st when it was at 82. Uh, Now, Monday, there were 77 COVID patients in Collier County hospitals, according to the data from the Florida Agencies for Healthcare Administration. That's 12 more patients that were reported at approximately the same time on Thursday. So this is also interesting. Uh, if you take a look at the news, you'll see that they, you have how many positive cases there have been and all kinds of things. The only, how many people have actually had tested positive and have survived coronavirus and are healthy and going about their business? A whole bunch. So again, just watch for the fear factor in all these reports. Uh, it's probably no, this is no more contagious, or I should say no more deadly or severe than the, than the flu, in my opinion. COVID death rates have plunged more than 80% from the pandemic's peak in the spring, according to a CDC data. That's right, 80%, according to CDC, but you wouldn't know it from the federal and state health authorities advising Americans to cancel their Thanksgiving plans. I found this column by Lisa Mayer, who is a master of science in food science and nutrition, has been an advocate for natural health for decades. She ends her column in this way by asking, are masks actually causing harm? Maskne, she calls it, to replace acne. Maskne, face rashes, mask mouth, and sore throats point to bacteria building up in masks due to the humid, stagnant air and changes in oral microbiome which can cause systematic inflammation and downstream disease. In 2015, study found that healthcare workers who wore cotton face masks suffered significantly from more respiratory illness than those who wore surgical masks. Previous research conducted by Fauci himself found the main cause of death in 1918 uh, Spanish flu pandemic was from bacterial pneumonia, inhaling higher bacterial counts with every breath sounds like a specially bad idea. The WHO specifically recommends against wearing a mask while exercising because masks may reduce the ability to breathe comfortably. That's how I feel about it if I have a mask on. I just don't breathe comfortably, even if I'm not exercising. Anyhow, sweat can make the mask become more wet and more quickly, which makes it difficult to breathe and promotes growth of microorganisms. Abundant research demonstrates masks cannot help prevent the spread of coronavirus while much recent research claiming to support masks is weak and poorly designed. That's right. Frequent mask use by the general population increases bacteria and dust in our mouth and airways. Government mandating that everyone wear a mask on such low-quality evidence is reckless and potentially harmful. Couldn't agree more. For now, let's stick with the measures that do help. Social distancing, hand hygiene, and avoiding chronic disease uh, only don a fresh, clean N95 mask, she says, for short periods of time when you're unavoidably close to others indoors. Couldn't agree more. This has grown way out. And my concern is if, if that, there is a, a President Biden, and I certainly believe there won't be, but if there is, you, we're going to all be masked up quicker than you can say Buscab, quite frankly. Buscat. President Donald Trump directed General Services Administrator Emily Murphy and the rest of the administration Monday to formally begin the transition process with President-elect Joe Biden. I want to thank Emily Murphy at GSA for steadfast dedication and loyalty to our country, he said. 
He tweeted that, She's been harassed, threatened, and abused, and I do not want to see this happen to her, her family, or employees at GSA. Our case strongly continues and will keep up the good fight, and I believe we will prevail, said President Trump. And isn't, isn't this a shame that she's been harassed and abused? And that's pretty much what you read by the, the guys up in Wisconsin who uh, they, they were threatened. That seems to be the, the way the Democrats go about their business is to make threats and do uh, dirty tricks, and it's just very disappointing to watch. The Trump campaign's appeal of a case that was dismissed by a judge on Saturday has been granted expedited review by the Third Cir- Circuit. The order says appellant's amended motion for emergency expedited review is granted at the direction of the court. Appellant's brief must be on, filed on or before 4 p.m. yesterday afternoon. Appellee's brief must be for, uh, filed by uh, 4 p.m. on November the 24th. The court will advise if oral arguments are desired. This is an appeal that Trump said yesterday would happen, and it's important because Pennsylvania is set to certify results. Yesterday, in addition, Michigan state legislators agreed to hold a hearing in election irregularities while a federal court appeals expedited proceedings to consider Trump's legal challenge in Pennsylvania. These developments were announced by Trump campaign senior legal uh, aide uh, Jenna Ellis, who is the GOP-led Michigan House, would hold its hearings at 9 p.m. on Wednesday. That's today. No, yeah, yeah, no, that's yesterday or tomorrow. We are grateful to the Michigan House lawmakers for not rushing to certify inaccurate election results, said uh, Ellis. So uh, Michigan House Speaker Lee Chatfield, who over the weekend said he feared the state was heading towards a constitutional crisis, did not immediately return calls for comments. Come on, guy. Put on your big boy pants and address, address the issues at hand. That's my concern right now is that certainly the evidence is there to demonstrate that the election had been stolen through a series of, uh, first of all, these machines, but second of all, uh, how balance were ha- handled. I just hope people will step up, step up to the plate and look at the evidence. And by the way, finally, Sidney Powell is a one-woman army trying to save the Republic. Her tenacity is unmatched and is infectious to patriotic Americans who support Donald Trump. We know what's at stake in this election. That's why it's so important that she stay the course after a statement was released by the Trump campaign clarifying her position in the investigation into voter fraud, the immediate, uh, media re- immediately jumped on the statement to say that there was a rejection of Powell. That couldn't be more wrong. Powell released a statement directed at we the people to let everyone know that she's still fighting to expose the corruption in the 2020 election. She said, I agree with the campaign statement that I am not part of the campaign legal team. I never signed a retainer, an agreement, or even sent the president or the bill for my expenses or fees, my intent has always been to expose all the fraud I could find and let the chips fall where they may, whether it be Republicans or Democrats. So proud of her and what she's doing. I think her work is so important. And I think separating the uh, two cases, uh, that being for the president's uh, presidential run and for uh, fair elections and what the corruption that's been exposed, this is a big deal and probably will continue far past whatever decisions are reached in the court by uh, about President Trump and his campaign to uh, win his second term in, in office. She is a hero, and I just wish her Godspeed because there is so much corruption. We've got to straighten this out to save our republic. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit. 
johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. Lifeinnaples.net is the website. Coming up, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's Matthews House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best and going to be breaking ground on a brand-new performing arts center next year. Uh, Just find out more by visiting gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. So I understand you uh, got your newsletter. You're up in Tallahassee last week in the big installation and procedure and process for uh, the new president of the Senate. Uh, any comments and thoughts? Yeah, it's a, it's a ceremonial um, uh, process uh, because everyone who's elected on uh, election night immediately takes office. So we do swearing in of the new members those who are reelected, um, a ceremonial, but, you know, it's just, just one of the things that we like to do. The most important thing that occurred was we elected uh, Welton Simpson as our president for the, uh, the next two years. 
Uh, he's from Trilby, Florida. He's a businessman. He uh, he's a farmer. He's an egg farmer, in fact. Yeah. All the eggs that you buy at Publix come from his farm. Wow. And uh, you know, he's a very uh, uh, thoughtful person who is, um, you know, his whole thing is getting people back to work, making the economy stronger, and uh, I think we have two two good years. Although yeah. two years of cutting and um, cutting spending because of our economic uh, impact of COVID-19. Yeah, and, and you were appointed or elected, I'm not sure which a big position as well. Yeah, the uh, the president, the, the three main uh, positions in the Senate are, of course, the president, the uh, appropriations chair, and the rules chair, and he named me rules chair. Uh, so all legislation that uh, is heard in the Senate goes through me. Uh, and so I make I make the decisions on what bills to hear, and uh, uh, it, it's really a, a a big job. Senator Benacquisto held it for four years before me, and uh, so I've got big shoes to fill. She did a, she did a great job, and um, you know I'm looking forward to it. I've, I've already started reading the bills that are filed, and you know <laughs> deciding how many references to give. Some of them are going to get more than others. Yeah. How they're drafted. So, what is the criteria uh, for making those types of decisions? I'd just be curious how you think about uh, making that choice because very few of the bills that are actually proposed actually make it to the floor. Yeah, um, well, you have to, that's true. So, we get about 2,000 bills from the hundred at the most. Um, and my role is to every bill that's filed mm-hmm. and determine how many committees need to review it. And, you know, typically bills get uh, three references, but if they are very problematic, maybe not good policy, uh, I'll give it, you know, we'll give them four references. It's almost impossible to get a bill passed in four references. Um, and, and, you know, you, I, I look at it very simply. Is this good policy for the state? It doesn't yeah. matter who files the bill. Mm-hmm. Um who supports it or, or is against it, but it's just good policy. So it's a big responsibility because what I may consider good policy, others may not. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm the rules. So, yeah, good for you. Well, I, I think I, my yeah. personal my personal point of view is that I think you're, it's in good hands. I'm glad you got the job and I'm, <laughs> because I know you'll do it responsibly. Hey, you know, out of curiosity, I was shocked that we had this uh, amendment the Constitution for $15 an hour, which I think is very detrimental to the economy and to young people who want to get their first job and so forth. Right. So, I mean, and it, it actually passed by a supermajority, 60%. I mean, it's, I, I guess I'm ranting here, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, you know, the proponents of, the, of that amendment uh, made, a, tried to make the case that, you know, we don't pay a decent wage in Florida. The, the problem that I think in the fall with that reasoning is that uh, most companies do pay more than $15 an hour for work that uh, justifies that. Yeah. But the but the lower amount, the less than $15, are, you know, gig workers or, or also, you know, young people. Yeah. Uh, first starting out, uh, summer workers and the like. So the, the problem we have, and use the example of the uh, fast food places. A lot of those workers are just, you know, this is their first time out of the gate. Right. Uh, they're learning, yep. you know, 
value of money, et cetera. And so here's what happens. We raise those prices. Then the companies, plus fast food chains, for example, they're going to have to raise their prices. Right. And that's going to knock people out of the box. Well, and then, uh, and then, then uh, uh, the uh, people that own those companies start to say, you know, on one hand, should I be paying this or should I just try to automate further, see if we can't eliminate some of exactly. these jobs? It, it's, You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And, and a lot of them are going to uh, reduce their uh, workforce, which, uh, you know, that's going to impact productivity, et cetera. And uh, I, in fact, I read this morning, so somebody wrote a letter together, which actually made some sense. You have a lot of, in Southwest Florida, a lot of people on fixed income who, you know, they go out to eat periodically, but they're going to have to think twice about it because they're going to have to pay more. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it, the, what really shocked and surprised me, though, is 60% of the population thought it was, it was actually 61% voted for it, said, yes, I'm in favor of that. And, uh, you know. Well, you know, it's the power of advertising and persuasion, uh, a lot of money by the proponents of that amendment to uh, to promote it, and and you know people bought into it. Yeah, if you, you know if you spend enough money, you can convince people of a lot of things. And uh, you know we had an amendment that the legislature put on that uh, would have made it more difficult for uh, citizens' initiatives to get on the ballot for that very reason because it's not really these are not citizens' initiatives. These are people with vested interests that have a lot of money. Yeah. You know, I I personally believe that if it hadn't been an amendment, if it had been a proposal or a bill that passed through uh, the Senate, I I don't think it would have made it to the the signature. No, it would not have. It would not have because uh, most of us believe in the sort of the free market system. And if you you want good employees, you'll pay more. And if you want entry level people, then you, uh, you know, you pay you pay less, yeah. and, and then people can move up the ladder and get education, and there's a whole lot of things that go into it. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, I, when I was eight years old, I was out cutting lawns for $3 a yard, <laughs> and that kind of You know, I worked, worked, and worked some since I was eight years old. I talk to young people today that don't even have their first job when they're graduating from college, so... And I think part of it is just this minimum wage nonsense. I mean, they should, uh, right. you, you, and you learn, you know, not only how to work, how to show up on time, how to uh, budget your money, how to realize you're not going to get paid every day for the work that you do. I mean, there's a lot of things, little things that make yeah. a difference. So, well, I, you know, I really appreciate your listening to me, Kathleen. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. And you have a great day. Thank you so much, Kathleen. Uh, well, coming up, uh, we're going to be visiting with Boo Mortensen, find out what's new with Boo. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden uh, Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the Intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed, relaxed atmosphere 
that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Shore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000 square foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative. It's a win-win for everybody. Find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seat Motley, the founder and president of Less uh, Government. Right now, we have with us Boo Mortensen right here on the Paradise Coast. The lighter side of the show, it's time to find out what's new with Boo. Boo, thank you so much for joining us. Well. It's my pleasure, and I have a question. I was laying in bed this morning, and I was thinking, you know, uh, Christmas is always on the 25th, Christmas Day, always on the 25th. Uh, Easter jumps around like a Mexican jumping bean. You never know what month it is, what day. I don't know. That is a whole different subject. But why is Thanksgiving always on the last Thursday of November? Who decided that? So I looked it up, Uh and it finds out, I found out, that this Thursday first started out as a tradition, and then it changed into a matter of law during the Civil War. Mm. And uh, Abraham Lincoln uh, proclaimed National Thanksgiving Day to be celebrated on the 26th, the final Thursday of November, 1863. Well, there you so go. We a long tradition. You heard it here. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, uh, you know... Uh, Thanksgiving falls on my birthday about once every seven years, and it's act- oh my yeah. So uh, it's 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 got it's, every seven years. It's a really big day. <laughs> well, is this the seventh year? Uh, no, uh, actually, today is my birthday. Oh, today! Oh my goodness! Well, happy birthday! What a wonderful day! What are you going to do to celebrate? Well, we're going to go out to dinner and so forth, and open up a bunch of cards, get calls, and that kind of thing. So it's a great day. It's nice to be remembered, uh, number one. Oh. But a lot of it's virtual, you know, the kids and all that calling and that kind of thing. But uh, irrespective, just, you know, it's and it's a big one. I'm uh, I'm an old guy. <laughs> Shock 
shocking, isn't it? <laughs> it is. You know, but I just feel this sense of gratitude. I've made it this far, my goodness, and uh, with just such a blessed life. I couldn't, uh, you know, you just think about some of the catastrophes and the things that happen to people. I just feel so fortunate. I have really, really a sense of gratitude. Yes. Well, that gets you a long way. Positive mental attitude and gratitude every day. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. You said your kids will contact you via uh, Zoom. And of course, we all learn to do that yep. uh, on, on numerous occasions. But it, I find it so fascinating that the CDC, everybody, Fauci, everybody saying, don't travel, don't travel, stay at home. Some states are even enacting laws saying you have to, the people that live in the house are the only people allowed in the house. Craziness. If you have people in the house that aren't family, then you have to mask up in your own <laughs> I know. You can't make I this mean, stuff up. You know, who's running this show? <laughs> uh, anyway, despite all the warnings, uh, Americans are taking to travel. Yep. By the millions. It's yeah. like everybody is like, nope, we're going anyway. Yeah, 50 million folks are, are flying over, for, over the weekend uh, for Thanksgiving. Just amazing. And, you know, uh, there's uh, uh, protests in the street, I'm sure very joyous protests, uh, about uh, the 10 o'clock curfew in California. I mean, what happens? Oh, does, yeah. does coronavirus get worse after 10 p.m.? I mean, <laughs> it is. It's such nonsense. You know, 10 to 5 a.m. You you almost think, well, who, what are people doing up? I guess it has to do with the movie industry. Yeah. yeah. That they break down a lot of stuff. I don't know. Well, California is, you know, maybe they ought to just secede and come up with their own plans. But let me ask you, you know, Black Friday forever has been a massive shopping mm -hmm. day. It's sort of a, like it used to be the biggest shopping day of the year, the mm -hmm. sale, mm -hmm. the bargains. What do you think it's going to look like this year? They told people not to fly. People are flying anyway. Yeah. Do you think people are going to flock to all these stores? That's a great question. I think, you know, this coronavirus has changed some. I think there's some wonderful opportunities as a result of all this stuff. Uh, certainly masking up and, and staying at home is not one of them. We should live our lives. Uh, quite frankly, I think we have this pandemic of fear going on, and this masking up stuff is just really nuts. But that said, the things that could happen, we could have all kinds of reform for going to work, how people spend time going to work, traveling, uh, school reform, you know, using technology more to help kids learn and so forth. There's a great, some great opportunities here. Well, I agree. I, I think there definitely will. And I saw that Qantas Airlines this morning, in the future, if you want to fly on Qantas, you will have to prove that you had a vaccine. Yeah, I saw That's that. That's pretty draconian. It certainly is. You know, one of the things I appreciated about our governor, DeSantis, uh, made a statement. He came up with a statement. I, I receive all of his, his stuff and things that he says. Well, he said that, you know what, we're going to continue the way we're going. And he explained how he's going to distribute vaccines and therapeutics, which he's pretty excited about. At the end, he said, you know what, we're going to provide these vaccines. Uh, we will not require citizens in Florida to get vaccinated. Now, what I appreciate about that is that it's allowing each of us to make decisions for our own lives. And that's the way, that's not the role of government. He's saying, you've got to get a vaccine to go, to go to a concert and that kind of thing. That's just ridiculous. I think it is too, but I think you're going to see some of that. Oh, where absolutely. they're going to try to impose uh, access 
to an airline or to an event yep. uh, by proving that you have been vaccinated. You know, I don't think that's going to play well in uh, in America for the most part. No. Look, at, we've had weeks of the CDC saying don't travel. Everyone is like, yep, watch me. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Uh, people are going to put up with that stuff for so long. I mean, the, the, the important thing is that the you know, we have individual rights. We have, uh, according to the Constitution, and the government's role is, you know, you can't have an elected official all of a sudden deciding they're going to be the shepherd for a flock about their health. I mean, their role is to keep us, protect us from predators, internal and external, and to uh, keep order and law, and, that, and law enforcement and so forth. But it's certainly not got to do with anything about our health. No. No, but they're giving it their best shot. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. So what are your plans for Thanksgiving, Boo? Well, <laughs> my family's flying in. <laughs> I hate to, I've told people, and they're like, geez. But, you know, my, okay, my one son that lives in Wisconsin, he and his girlfriend got over in, they arrived in Fort Lauderdale at the end of last week. Now, they were tested. Before they got on the plane, uh-huh. and then they and my other son and his wife and family—they're all getting tested uh, today. Huh? They're all going to get tested, and they're going for that fast, fast test, fast result test. Uh-huh. And uh, so they're getting their tests today before they all come over. So it's basically family and a few lonely friends. So uh, did you say that uh, you can't come unless you get tested? No, I didn't say that, but I think that my kids were smart enough to realize that there's probably risk involved and take the test, do it. If you get a negative response, no harm, no foul. If you get a positive response, you'll be spending Thanksgiving in Fort Lauderdale. That's right. Well, see, I just, I think that's great. People will make good decisions. I mean, everybody has a self-interest to stay healthy. And everybody has yeah. a self-interest to take care of their loved ones. So just the way that was made, you didn't mandate it, but they made good decisions. We're going to get tested before we come over. That's the way it should be. Well, of course. Now, what about you? Uh, we have, you're vegan. Uh, well. You're probably having tofu burgers. No, no. We're going to actually, you know, on Thanksgiving, we're going to have turkey. We're going to have a traditional turkey dinner with cranberry sauce and with mashed potatoes and gravy and turkey and all that type of stuff, except we're not going to do it at home. We're going to go out. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm cooking. I'm actually cooking for um, uh, 13 people. Holy moly. Well, Boo, you know, I just, no matter what happens, I know you're going to have a wonderful Thanksgiving. We'll look forward to hear all about it uh, next Tuesday. Oh, you bet. This is my motto. You give people enough wine and vodka, you could serve them dog food and make you happy. (laughs) Boo, thank you so much for joining us, and happy Thanksgiving. Well, happy Thanksgiving and happy birthday to you. Thank you so much, Boo. Have a great day. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show. On the uh, Bob Harden, I'm getting confused which break to play, but I'm going to play this on Bob Harden Broadcasting uh, Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
Do you or a family member suffer from chronic pain in your knees, hips, or shoulders? Joint pain can be a nagging and serious problem requiring expert and compassionate care. I know I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. Until 2006, I was suffering debilitating pain and deformity in my knees. I couldn't enjoy biking or golf or even sleep without chronic pain as a constant companion. Thanks to Dr. George Markovich and the professional staff at the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Surgery and Sports Medicine, my pain is gone, and I'm back to doing the activities I enjoy with no pain. I have a lifestyle I can only imagine prior to knee surgery and you can too call the institute for orthopedic surgery and sports medicine they will thoroughly evaluate your condition provide personalized state-of-the-art treatment and help you relieve your pain and get back to your active lifestyle at the institute for orthopedic surgery and sports medicine your care will be professionally managed through every phase of your recovery for an initial consultation call the institute for orthopedic surgery and sports medicine located off tamiami trail in bonita springs at 482-5399 that's 482-5399 You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-3889 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. I want to do a little shout out to Lulabee's Diner. I want to mention that because they just serve great breakfast or lunch at the... Uh, uh, Oh, where's the shopping center? I've <laughs> forgotten which one it is. It's right there on Airport Pulling and Immokalee Road. But it, nevertheless, to serve great breakfast or lunch and provide uh, takeout through uh, uh, Uber Eats. Lulabee's Dine in the Green Tree Shopping Center, I should mention. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Linda Harden. She uh, writes her column, Greetings from Paradise. Uh, right now we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. It's a little chilly in Paradise this morning. Oh, is it really? I haven't been outside oh, yet. I, I slept with the doors open, and it was 60 degrees in my house when I woke up. Wow. <laughs> it's a little, a little chilly. Wow. But I'm, stuck out, I'm stuck out on the, I'm a little abutment on the water, so the water, of course, uh, lowers the temperature a bit. Absolutely. Um, so, see, it's, it's, it's a small price to pay. Sorry, go ahead. No, it is a small. We live on the water as well and certainly enjoy that. Uh, you get acclimated to what's happening down here. We sleep with the temperature in our place of seventy-five degrees, and I sleep. And I sleep. Well, I, listen, <laughs> I was down here maybe a month back in April, yeah. and I have a convertible, and I was going to the gym at five in the morning or whatever, and I'm like, it's chilly. <laughs> and I looked, I looked at the thing, and it was it was seventy-two degrees. I was like, okay, I'm an idiot. Yeah. I've already, I've already totally acclimated. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. So, see, uh, tell us about less government. Uh, Existence is the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and it's it's not looking good. No, no. So uh, you wrote this column, lockdowns. What performed better, government or the internet? Uh, tell us about it. Well, yeah. I, it, now that Biden's coming in, he's loudly proclaimed his his tech grand plan for for technology sector, and of course, it's the same old big government crap we've tried to 
keep away from the internet for you know 25 years now. Um, he wants to reimpose net neutrality uh, with Title II restrictions, which is really dumb because it's it's basically putting 1934 landline phone line law onto the internet. And of course, as we know, you know that's a single line going in a single direction, and the web is called the web for a reason. It's omnidirectional and thousands of different directions. And and believe it or not, the 1934 phone law is based on 1880-something railroad law. Yeah. I mean, this is how far back yeah. they're, they're looking to go uh, regulation-wise. And he wants to do municipal broadband, which is government oh. broadband, mm. which is, first of all, I've always said this is unfair to have the government, which is the regulator, get into the business they're regulating. Yeah. It's like the umpire pitching for the other team. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, all these internet provider companies have to go hat in hand to local government and say, you know, can we please have permission and pay you for, for, for the permission to dig trenches and build, you know, lay cable and, and, and connect you? Can we please have permission and pay you for the permission to hook up to poles uh, and pay you a pole attachment fee every month, even though we only pay once, yeah. uh, we only hook up once, um, and so that's the entity that's not going to be competing with them yeah. in any sort of right, you know, conflict between the private company and the government company, which way is the government going to rule? Yeah. Um, so they want to do government broadband and, and you know, Gizmodo is a, is a left-wing tech site. Oh, the, the, the tech media is a perfect microcosm of the, of big media. It's, it's leftist and stupid. And, 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 and the headline in Gizmodo was something along the lines of, he wants to start municipal broadband. Well, Gizmodo is a tech outfit. It should know better. We've been trying government broadband for 25 years. It's a disaster. Right. Um, there's even a website from a, a friend of mine, Dave Williams, tech, Taxpayer Protections Alliance, called uh, Broadband Boondoggles. It's got an interactive map of all the different places it's been tried and failed. My favorite example is Provo, Utah tried iProvo with, and they called it Utopia. How ironic is that? Yeah. And they spent millions and millions of taxpayer dollars on building this thing. It was a complete and utter disaster and a failure. They had to impose a statewide sales tax to make up the money for Provo yeah. trying this. And they sold all the millions of dollars worth of infrastructure they bought to Google for a dollar. See, here's the thing, Seton. Uh, you know, government internet is the uh, answer. What's the question? Everything the works right now. Why do we, we don't need anything. Well, the, 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 the perma excuse they have is we have, you know, they constantly compare us disfavorably to Europe. And uh, the, the, the constant excuse they have is, well, there are rural people that aren't connected. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if you move out in the middle of nowhere, you want to get away from it all, and I'm assuming it all includes the Internet. I mean, you're not, you know, you've made a choice to live remotely, and it's not a failing of anybody to have met your, you know, I want to live 30 minutes from a grocery store. I want to live 45 minutes from, you know, a hospital, or, and I, but I want high-speed broadband? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. No. So... So because, but because our country is so huge and Europe is so small, they have a greater connectivity per, uh, percentage because, of course, they don't have to you know, fill thousands of miles of nothing right. with cable. To get, but, of course, now they're going to run out of that excuse because we're hurtling towards 5G wireless, 
And that's going to be the solution to rural connectivity. So they have this very finite window, in my estimation, to, to, jam, to, to use this excuse to jam through more government in the Internet because when 5G gets here, you go out to the wilds of no, you know, you point a giant antenna in that direction, and then you go out into the little town that's out in the middle of nowhere, you drop three or four pizza box antennas for 5G, and then suddenly everybody in the little town has a gig upload and download speeds on their devices, and, everybody's, and everything's fine. Mm. So that's the excuse, is they're trying to say that the, the private sector has failed to connect rural broadband. Well, we spent hundreds of millions of dollars on government broadband. They didn't solve the problem. Right. They got out in the middle of nowhere and realized, gee, these people are out in the middle of nowhere. We're not going to build to them. I yeah. mean, that's just that's been the reaction of anybody that knows anything about the situation. Yeah, but correct me if I'm wrong. But it, they have, uh, don't they have uh, the uh, internet through their iPhones and so forth? I mean, did, well, well, there is technology, but like I said, it's spotty out there. Um, yeah. You know, it's, there, 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 there aren't a lot of, there isn't a lot of coverage in a lot of this country because it's very big. It's a very large country. I mean, Texas is the size of France. Right. You know, you got one state. Yeah. Um, and so, so it, it's hard to do it that way. But like I said, with 5G, it'll be easier because right now 4G uses giant antennas. And so there just isn't a giant antenna near, you know, middle of nowhere, Texas. Yeah, you know. But when 4G comes, the, you know, the, the giant antennas are really expensive. The 4G antennas, uh, 5G antennas are obviously much cheaper. They're little, they're small, they're pizza box. You need more of them, but you can blanket an area with coverage really inexpensively. Yeah. So that's going to be... That's going to be the solution to the rural broadband problem. But none of the, none of the solution to anything is having the government get in the game. Yeah, that's so true, Seton. And it, that's just one example of what's going to happen if, in fact, uh, there is a Biden president, Joe Biden. Election. Yeah, quite frankly, <laughs> uh, you know, but yeah, if Biden steals the election, right, frankly, I, the fight's not over yet. I see a lot of people conceding and starting to talk in a way that, uh, you know. Well, it didn't, well, real quick, it didn't look good when, when they distanced themselves from Sidney Powell. Now, Trump is always sloppy about everything, but the people who have bet against Trump for four years have lost yeah. pretty routinely. Yeah. So when I saw Sidney Powell um, respond to the distancing, which is a sloppy move on their part and not very smart from a PR perspective, with release the Kraken, that relieved, that relieved my fear, which was she was going to stop working yeah. no. after this uh, slight. And it appears she's not, because she's got the institution, she's, got, she's been working on the institutional vote stealing that, would, that would, is the only way we can prove enough votes were flipped yeah. to actually uh, affect the results. Yeah, no, I, it gives me an opportunity to say that I actually support her, her decision and their decision to do this, because I think her, her mission is going to be longer than, uh, for example, the president's uh, election. It's going to probably extend it to months well, with I, criminal I prosecution. That, but, but but if it happened this election, we need to get we need to get it addressed this election yeah, because right. I don't want a Biden administration to be <laughs> any under any circumstances, especially if he stole it. That's exactly right. Seat Miley, again, the founder and president of Less Government, I encourage you to visit the very robust website lessgovernment.org, and you can visit Less Government on Facebook. Seaton, always appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting the with the lovely Linda Harden, my wife. And by acclamation, so many people have asked, can we have Linda on the show because she writes greetings for paradise? We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. 
Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate, donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Tiger Tiger County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and I proudly serve on the board. I hope you'll check out the website, vfga.org, vfga.org. We have with us the lovely Linda Harden, my wife. She writes Greetings from Paradise. By the way, you'll find all of her columns, Greetings from Paradise, on my website, bobharden.com. Just look under Greetings from Paradise, the pull-down tab, and you'll find it. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Happy birthday to you. Ah, Linda, thank you. I woke up this morning, and there are cards everywhere for me, and I just really appreciate it. Uh, You know what? You're the greatest. It's a big birthday. It is. We won't say how big. (laughs) We can say. It's a big big birthday. um, Well, thanks for helping me make it special. Well, it's only the beginning. We're going out for dinner tonight, and you'll have a nice day. Day. It's beautiful outside. So, yeah. Happy birthday. Thank you so much. So, you know, uh, uh, you stay up to date with everything that's going on. You're on Twitter all the time, and you're always so well informed about what people are thinking and what's going on. Uh, I haven't looked at the news here in about an hour and a half. What's going on? Well, just about everything. I mean, it, it, what's a couple things that are so interesting is that all these pharmaceutical companies are just pushing, pushing, pushing these vaccines mm-hmm. for a virus that's 99%, nearly 99% curable. Yeah. And no matter what vaccine comes out, this uh, I, I forget the, the latest company that's come out with it this morning, but um, now it's only, it's 90% effective for yeah. a virus that's 99% curable. It is just bizarre to me that all this stuff is being pushed yeah. um, on the American people and, and you know, need to pay attention and have the other thing I want to mention, and I excuse me for jumping around, yeah. um, there's California is under such draconian lockdown, <laughs> and I and I got great joy this morning being on Twitter and seeing that the people of of California are, excuse my French, pissed. Yeah, and so they they're with Trump flags, American flags, going around uh, Governor Gavin Newsom's house all hours of the day and night, and just tormenting him to pieces so cool because you know what he deserves it well, he's such a hypocrite he goes out to dinner at this at the uh, french restaurant 
forgotten the name of it. French Laundry. French Laundry. So the Which bill... Which is like major expensive. Yeah, the bill's $15,000. No, no, that's just for the beverages. That's for the beverages? Okay, so it does that. And of course, he says, well, it was outside and we were all masked. Well, nobody was wearing a mask. And it wasn't outside. They were elbow to elbow with 22 people around the table. It was unbelievable. What a hypocrite. I mean... And then he comes out with a couple thing. Oh, I made a mistake. Yeah. Well, the people of California made a mistake in putting that... Yeah. So uh, the the uh, the one thing that's happening though, of course, is people at ten o'clock at night actually, because there's a curfew at ten o'clock at night in California, all these cities, uh, and uh, they're out uh, with these protests. They're happy people, but they're basically saying, "What's this? Is just total nonsense." And the sheriff's office in Los Angeles County have all said, "We're not enforcing this thing." No, and this and this thing about that he's got going on with oh, you can. You can go out to eat, but you have to wear a mask and lift up your mask every time you take a bite. Somebody, somebody needs to just like. Well, well I know they've got a petition to to remove him, and it's gaining strength. So. Yeah, I must say, Linda, I, I'm so grateful that uh, Governor DeSantis is our governor. He is actually so thoughtful and making great decisions with regard to uh, the decisions that he's making with regard to uh, the state of uh, Florida. Uh, compared to other other places, I'm just so grateful for many reasons that we live right here in Naples. Florida. Well, absolutely, except for that there are there are local entities and our Collier County commissioners um, have forgotten that we live in the state of Florida and yeah. and put this man mass stupid mass mandate on until April. Yeah, it is it's it's unfortunate. So, uh, right now the president uh, he said uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, allow the funding for the uh, transition funding for a uh, uh, quote-unquote president elect uh, uh, Biden. Uh, I think that's a formality, but the president also said, hey, we're fighting the good fight. We we know we were cheated on in this election, and we have the proof of it, and we want to show it in court. Hopefully, uh, he'll prevail. Well, that's why I was so encouraged this morning. As you know, last night I was all bummed because uh, people, the mainstream media was 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 creating that to be a signal that he was about to concede. Yeah. And that's that's their purpose, and to try and direct that and get people discouraged. But I was so encouraged this morning by... The Trumpsters tweeting saying, "Conceding? I'm not conceding to anything." And he says, "We're in this fight." He says, "He said conceding, conceding to a to a rigged election and to Dominion voting systems? No way." And I'm paraphrasing, but he's all fired up, yeah. and he says they're going to file their biggest lawsuit yet coming up. Well, I certainly hope so. He had some big wins yesterday in Pennsylvania. The uh, his appeal was was uh, settled, so they're actually making arguments. I think it's tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken or uh, the, uh, the deadline to get all the paperwork is in it for tomorrow. And they haven't decided whether, now this is happening in Pennsylvania, but also another case in, help me here, I think it's is it Georgia, what's the other? Georgia, well, that, that's another interesting thing that's happened that I found out this morning is that Lynn Wood, that crackerjack attorney who's, who's, yeah. uh, who's so, he's won cases for um, this, the Nick Sandman against CNN and whatever. Anyway, he's filed, he's subpoenaed, uh, the attorney, attorney general of Georgia to bring forth all this stuff that he knows about uh, all this voting discrepancies and whatever, and he's supposed to produce all these documents. I won't go into detail, yeah. but he's supposed to produce them forthwith, which is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Hey, the other thing that's happened, and I wonder if there's a connection, I understand there's been 32 indictments of mob mobsters in Pennsylvania and Philadelphia and the Philadelphia area. Now, connecting the dots, it makes me wonder, perhaps, this isn't all about the election uh, for uh, uh, 
in other words, we, we know that the mob was in some way involved up in uh, Buffalo, New York, was involved in uh, creating these false ballots. A- any update on that? Not yet, but, but you know, I, I just have a sneaking hunch that all these, these lawsuits and all this stuff happening in Michigan and Pennsylvania and Georgia are going, are, are encouraging the public to say, go look over here, go look over here. While we're doing all the undercover stealth stuff, like people that you talked about being arrested. Yeah. Well, they're, well, they're doing that. Yeah. I mean, because indictments and grand juries and so forth, that all happens. There's a shield there. That's not uh, public information until after the indictments are handed down. So, so I think that uh, uh, Bill Barr, our attorney general, I think he's busy with this stuff. And I think there's a lot going on right now. The Supreme Court has decided to divide up the states to uh, take. I I think they're going to be taking a look at the uh, at the election results as well. So I'm encouraged. uh, But, yeah, I can see some people's interest in this is waning and. they want to just forget about it and move on. Well, you know, getting back to this GSA thing really briefly about um, letting Biden have some transition money. Um, the more and more I hear about it, it was all about Trump trying to protect the head of the GSA because she was getting tormented uh, with threats. Even her pets were getting threatened. And I read you that letter from, um, from Adam Schiff, which was just really disgusting, saying, get on with it. I mean, he's... Trump's exposing these people more and more for the for the real evil that they really. Oh, are absolutely. Part of. They, you know, unfortunately, you'd like to have uh, clean elections and you'd like to have fair elections. But I tell you what, the Democrat Party wrote the book on dirty tricks, and uh, boy, they've used. I think they've used every trick in the book during this election. Yeah, and I was I was really uh, pleased to hear Rudy Giuliani on his podcast this morning. I just re- heard a snippet of it say. Um, these Democrats and the and the George Soros and the like are trying to ruin our country, take away our fair elections. Yeah. And he says, we will have none of it. We are not going to let that happen. Well, that's it's good to hear because the concern is, of course, uh, the globalists all want to have Biden in the office. He wants to do kumbaya, join the uh, the Paris Accord, uh, do, you know, <laughs> it's, it, it's uh, make concede everything to China. I mean, it's it's just what 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 a disaster it'll be. I'm, I we'll survive if what? we ended up with Biden as a president. We'll survive for another four years. Uh, we'll we'll get through it, but I, it's going to be a mess, quite frankly, to to clean up afterwards. I just think that Trump Trump always promised that he would he would never let this be a socialist country and that he would always be fighting for us. I believe him. I do too, and hopefully. Uh, Justice will prevail again. Prevail again, Linda. Thank you so much for making this a wonderful day, and thank Happy you. Happy birthday, honey! Yeah, and thank you for your commentary here in the show. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did and learned a lot. Um, I hope you'll join us tomorrow. We're going to visit with Bob Levy. He's the chairman of the Cato Institute. Andrew Joppa will be with us. Always look forward to his commentary. And Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture, and author of so many books. His latest. How Everything Happened, Including Us. Uh, if you have any comments about the show, if you'd like to get the newsletter after the show, you just send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.